Welcome to Truth Talk with John Morgan of Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. Good morning and welcome to Truth Talk. My name is John Morgan with the Traders Point Church of Christ. I'm here with our evangelist, Jeremy Bard. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12 this morning. We've been studying through the book of Romans over the past probably a couple of months at this point, and we're going to be in chapter 12 this morning. So Jeremy, why don't you kick us off as we get started here. Again, as, as Paul's kind of drawing his, his letter to a close, uh, he begins to talk here in chapter 12, I think collectively to the entire group about some things that are obviously very important to him and some lessons that certainly he wants them to learn, but I think are extremely applicable to us today. So as you, as you begin chapter 12 here, where do you see Paul taking the conversation here? Well, I think you hit it right on. I mean, it's the big changes he's talking to them collectively. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we've seen over the last several chapters where Paul has had some very specific things to say, but he's really had some specific things to say to specific groups, right. to the Jews, some very specific things, but even to the Gentiles for them specifically to kind of be thinking about. And, you know, you, you could almost go all the way back to chapter 6 where, you know, he, he paints the picture of, listen, this relationship with Christ, it, it puts you as a, as a new creature. It is something mm-hmm. different. It is something new. It is something fantastic, mm-hmm. but it is something new. And because of that, we're living differently. We're, we're acting differently. We're behaving differently. We're thinking differently. And he's really then works through a lot of that from really chapter 7, you know, through chapter 11, really, where he's really kind of helping them with those mindsets, Mm -hmm. with those thoughts, with those behaviors, if you will. And now when he gets to chapter 12, and really from chapter 12, 13, and 14, it really is talking everybody together, and, he, and he's, it's kind of they, they got some relationship feel. I mean, it's a relationship they have with one another. It's talking about relationship they have with people just in the world, society in general. It's relationship they have with the government. Mm-hmm. You get to chapter 14, it's relationship that they have with each other when maybe disagreements arise. And he's got a lot of these things that he's talking to all of them together and it's very relationship-based. Mm-hmm. But it all begins, and we'll certainly get into it here at the beginning of chapter 12, in a lot of ways it still begins with an examination of yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you take a look at yourself, and when yourself is, is where it needs to be, that's going to have an impact on how I interact with other people. If, if I'm looking inwardly, now I'm going to have, it's going to affect the way I'm dealing with the people around mm-hmm. me. And then, so he'll make that point at the beginning of chapter 12, and then, man, just applications just blow up from over the next several chapters that kind of spring out of that. Yeah, one of the things you can't help but notice here as you begin chapter 12, he talks about our bodies being a living sacrifice, and we'll talk about these individually, but our, our bodies, our minds, and then goes into the abilities and the talents that we have. And the picture that he's painting here as he writes this letter to Christians in Rome is that every aspect of who you are needs to be devoted to the service of God. And that, that's, that I think, is really important, especially for this group here at this time, because as you made mention, he's going to go into some more specific applications as he draws the letter to a close, But here, after dealing with some of the challenges that have arisen between the Jews and the Gentiles, he makes the point that if you're doing this, if you're devoting every part of who you are to the service of God and using every ability that God has given you, 
then unity is going to arise from that. Then the relationships that you have with each other are going to be stronger. The relationships that you have with your government are going to be more peaceable. All of these things are going to fall into place if you have devoted yourself to the Lord wholeheartedly. I think that's the point that he's making here, especially in the first part of chapter 12, is is that has to be a mindset that a Christian has is that my body is something that God has given to me, my mind is something that God has given to me, the abilities and the talents are things that God has given to me. Therefore, I need to be doing everything I can with each of those in His service and in His work. That, that has to be the mindset that, that Christians have, I think, if we're going to be truly pleasing to God in, in every way that He wants us to. And then the application is going to follow that. The relationships that we have with each other and with God ultimately are going to be stronger because of our mindset here up front. Yeah, I mean, there's no, no getting around it, I mean, especially at the very beginning of this. It, it, you can almost, certainly as chapter 12 begins, you, you can almost, as you read it, see the shift that mm-hmm. the book is taking from where he's been, especially over the last four or five chapters, that you, you, you certainly have the feel that the book itself is ramping down. I mean, there's no, there's no. no question about that. I mean, there's just a few chapters really left to go and the and the last couple of chapters are really very conclusion based mm-hmm. i mean it's so the the book itself is really ramping down and, and i think you see that in the just in the phrases that he he will use here where he he uses a word you know both of us use the new king james version but you know he uses there in romans chapter 12 and verse 1 i i, I beseech you therefore brethren he's calling upon them now he's calling on upon them with authority i think mm-hmm. that's that word carries with it an air of authority a little bit, but he, he lays it all down here that he's, he, he's doing so, and, he, he, and I think you're right. He's calling for them to understand they've got to give everything they have to God. They leave nothing behind. Mm-hmm. I think that's why the word sacrifice is used here. Yeah. It, normally, we use the word sacrifice. It's, it, 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 death is involved, but the key is everything is given. But he says here it's a living sacrifice, that even while we're alive, we are to give everything to God. And it's a thought that certainly he's been working his way towards, but it really is a heavy, kind of sobering thought. And I think that's why it lends itself so well into verses 2 and 3, especially when that really heavy, difficult, deep self-examination is called upon right here at the beginning of the chapter. Yeah, sometimes I think when we talk about this, this verse in particular, you know, present our bodies a living sacrifice, that sometimes may be a little bit difficult to understand because in reality, sacrifices have traditionally been dead, right? right? Something dies as, as a sacrifice. So I think what, what Paul is, is calling upon here is for us to present ourselves in such a way yeah. that we have fully given everything that we have, even, even our very lives, everything that we have has been given up to God. Now, we are still living and breathing, but in essence, we have died to this world and we have presented everything that we have to God. And in doing so, yes, we can consider our lives a living sacrifice to Him. Everything that we have has been dedicated and devoted to Him. And to really think about that in terms of what sacrifices were in the Old Testament, to really think about applying those same principles to what's being talked about here in Romans chapter 12, I think takes it to a whole new level. This is not something that we do on Sunday and Wednesday. I mean, this is to, to, to truly say that we have presented ourselves as a living sacrifice to God means every second of every day is dedicated to Him. 
We, we have wholeheartedly presented everything that we are to God. That, that's really what it means to, to sacrifice ourselves to Him. So I think thinking about it on that level, to me anyway, is very humbling. And it makes me think about really how I live day to day and how I spend my time and my energy and, and the abilities that God has given to me. Am I truly living a life where I can say I am a living sacrifice to God? Yeah, and I think that whole, not just whole body and everything that we are, but the entirety of our life in every aspect of our life and every day of our life is is dedicated to that. And I think that kind of showcases itself in verse 2 where he uses that word. Listen, not, not to be conformed to the world or molded you know, to what the world and what the world's standards are, but to be transformed. And uh, that, that word and the way that it's used... I mean, we, we know what that word is. It's to mm-hmm. be something completely different. Yeah. And you're not something completely different just every once in a while. It, right. it is a complete and total change is what's being looked, about, looked for here. That it's not just, hey, every, every now and again or on, on Sundays or on Wednesdays or, or whenever it's convenient. It, it is a complete it, it is an absolute transformation mm-hmm. from where you were to where you are now. And I think that those two verses together kind of gives us the picture of what that living sacrifice is and to see if that transformation takes place. And then when we get into verse 3, to then make that decision and looking at myself, has that actually mm-hmm. taken place? But that idea of transformation is a pretty powerful thought there in verse 2. And if that has taken place, and as you just mentioned, when you get into verse 3, the result of that is really humility that comes right. from that because you recognize that that my entire life now is dedicated to something else. It's not about me. It's not about my talents and my abilities. It's not about how good I am. I've now fully dedicated myself to God, and it's all about Him. And if that's the case, I, I think the natural response to that is that it humbles us in a lot of ways. And I think that's what Paul's getting at, as he's going to go on then to talk about some of the gifts that we have. He wants us to recognize that if you've truly embraced that mindset, then you're, you're going to live a life of humility, recognizing that it's not about you anymore. And I think sometimes that, that's a struggle for all of us, because we live in a culture that says it is all about us. And, yeah. th- and that, that mentality even is praised and rewarded oftentimes. That, that this life is about what we're capable of doing and what we can accomplish and what other people think about us, and everything's pointed at us. And, but the life of a Christian is the complete opposite of that. The life of a Christian is, is pointed to God. And, and if that's the case, if, if that's the case in our lives, that's going to be evident in how we interact with each other. It's going to be evident in, in how we think about the activities that we do and how we spend our time. It's going to be evident in the way that we use our talents and the abilities that God has given to us. But that, that mentality has, has to be at the forefront of Christian's mind, that my life isn't about me anymore. It's now about the service of God. And if that's true, I think that's going to be evident in our lives to everyone that sees us. Yeah, you made mention of the word humility, and, and especially there in verse 3. E- even though humility, the word itself isn't found, mm-hmm. it, it almost, to me, in a lot of ways, is the perfect definition about what humility yeah. is. Because you do see the, the flip side of the coin when he says, you know, not not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, and so mm-hmm. that that is the that's the opposite of humility. Right. So you you have this idea. He says, "Listen, don't think that way. 
Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought mm-hmm. to think. But then he says, you think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And so, you know, sometimes I think we put into our mind that humility is all about being in the back mm-hmm. or sitting down and letting everybody do, you know, I'm going to sit back and let everybody take care of everything because I'm so humble. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that that's because you're so lazy. Right. I mean, that's, you know, that's what that is. But, you know, sometimes we kind of have that picture in our mind that that's what humility is. Yeah. I'm just so humble. I'm just going to, I'm going to let everybody, I'm not going to do anything. And that's not here in verse three. It's not that humility isn't about, hey, I'm just going to sit back and let everybody do, and I'm going to do nothing because I'm so humble. No, humility is not thinking of myself more than I ought to think, but to think soberly, to think clearly, and to be able to examine myself to say, listen, here are the abilities that I have. Here are the gifts that I have. Here are the things that I can accomplish for God, and I'm going to do those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what the Certainly the next six or seven verses that we'll get into kind of lends itself. But I mean, that's what humility is, is about having the right understanding of who I am and what I'm all about. Not thinking more of myself than I need to. That's Mm -hmm. that boastfulness, that's that selfishness or pride that we need not have. But that humility is to understand our place. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's almost a definition we use sometimes. And, and that's exactly where he's getting you know, right here. To understand your place and to fill that place uh, within the body, within uh, your relationships, and within your life. To fill that place that is yours, certainly. And don't you think, I, th- I think if you really have embraced these first couple of verses that we've just talked about, then what that's going to do is really free you and empower you to confidently use the gifts and abilities that God has given you yeah. in every way that you can. Because you're confident in the fact that, that your, your life is in, has been dedicated to God, and this isn't about me, this isn't about how good I may be at something. It's all about God, and it's all about His service and glorifying Him. And because of that, I'm now free to confidently use every tool in my toolbox that God has given to me to, to accomplish His work. And, and I, I do that without fear of, of what other people may think about that. I do that without, without any apprehension at all because I recognize that I've dedicated everything to God. Yeah. And therefore, yes, if I have any ability at all, I'm going to use it in His service, and I'm going to do so confidently and in, at, at every opportunity that is presented to me to do so. I think that really, these first few verses are so important to understanding the significance of what Paul's saying here about utilizing the gifts that that have been given to each of us. Because if our mindset isn't right, then no matter how we approach the talents and abilities that we may have, they're never going to be utilized in their full extent because our mindset and how we're approaching those things is wrong. God wants us to first recognize that everything is pointed towards Him and then, man, the, the, the freedom that that now gives us to use the abilities that we have is really awe-inspiring in a lot of ways. You know, it's, you, you used uh, you know, almost the illustration of, of a toolbox right there. The illustration of the body is used here in Romans chapter 12, and it, it's certainly a good one. But, I mean, even the illustration of a, of a toolbox, I mean, it is, you know, it's an understanding. It's an understanding that, listen, a Phillips head screwdriver is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And it does some impressive things. But 
it doesn't do everything. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not driving a nail with a Phillips head screwdriver. I'm not, it's, it, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not pulling, I'm not tightening a bolt with Phillips head screwdriver. I mean, it's, it, it's really important, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't, it doesn't accomplish everything. You, you've got to have a hammer in the toolbox and you've got to have pliers in the toolbox. I mean, you've got to have all of those things, all of those things there. I mean, the illustration of the body is used here in Romans chapter 12. And, you know, the point there that's made in verse four that, you know, we, we've got all of these different members in the body and they don't all have the same function. A parallel passage of this is first Corinthians chapter 12. Mm-hmm. They're both 12. So it's kind of mm-hmm. easy to remember. But, you know, the point that's made over there, even drawn out. I mean, this idea is kind of drawn out a little bit in first Corinthians 12. That listen, you have eyes, you have ears, you have nose, you have hands, and all of those things do specific things. But you mm-hmm. need all of those things. Yeah. You don't need just one of those things, and it, it carries then the idea is everybody is doing this. I mean, if everybody is thinking this way, then you're going to have a body that is is working efficiently mm-hmm. and is properly in the way that God designed it. But it really starts with me personally thinking about myself in that sober way. And it, and it goes then to you personally thinking about yourself in that sober way. And if that's the case, as all of these very specific things are mentioned here through Romans chapter 12, I'm going to take advantage. If I'm mm-hmm. a teacher, I'm going to be teaching. If I have the gift of uh, giving, then I'm going to be giving with liberality. If I have, you know, if I'm, you know, if I ha- whatever gifts I have, whatever abilities I have, I've noticed those because I've thought about myself soberly, and now I'm putting those things to use. You, you preached a really good lesson from Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 just a few weeks ago, where you're talking about how all of these things lead to a unified body of God's people. And I think that's really important to see in this. And certainly as you look at it in the context of Paul writing and the problems that he's been dealing with between the Jews and the Gentiles, to recognize here in chapter 12 that really if you want unity in the body, then these unique gifts are really important because of what you just said and the illustrations that you just used. The Jews have a unique perspective on things that can be very valuable in the Lord's yeah. work. And the Gentiles have a unique perspective on things that can be very valuable in the Lord's work. And the same principles apply to us today. We all come from different backgrounds. We all have different talents and abilities. And and all of those things can provide unique perspectives and ultimately can be extremely valuable in the work of a local church. But the, the downside is that if individuals aren't utilizing those things, if they're not using those unique perspectives to help the body, to grow the Lord's church, if that's not being utilized, then there's a hole. There's something missing. And that you talked about 1 Corinthians 12 and the illustration of the body and the different parts of the body. And it's so true. I mean, if we were to lose any of those, that, that would leave a, a big hole in us, literally and physically and figuratively. We, we have to recognize that we're all playing an integral part in this together. And if we really want to achieve unity then we have to take a moment of introspection to see where our strengths lie and to make sure that we're doing everything we can to utilize those in the work of the Lord. Yeah, and then I think, you know, certainly that relationship really boils down to, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13. I mean, in those verses there in Romans 12. I mean, it really kind of works its way towards that. I mean, I'm doing these things certainly because, you know, Romans chapter 12 one and two, because I have a, a certain relationship with God, and I'm mm-hmm. going to give Him my everything. 
But now, because I'm doing that, my relationship with certainly, uh, you know, the people that I'm serving God with is going to have an impact. And then when you get into, like I said, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13, it, it really, you know, love really comes to the mm-hmm. forefront of that. That all, all I'm doing this because I love the person sitting next to me. I'm mm-hmm. doing this because I certainly love God. I'm doing this because I, I really, truly care about about them and the people that are around me, the people that are serving God with me. I mean, my my love and my care for them is on a high, high level. And when all of these things are working together, now the body of the of of Christ, the Lord's church, is where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And and I think you made a good point, especially from where we've been here in the book of Romans. He's talked, listen, the Jews, they thought, listen, all I need are Jews around me. I mean, mm-hmm. we're the best in every yeah. way. We don't really need the Gentiles. But he, he's talked to them in a pretty straightforward mm-hmm. kind of way. You need the Gentiles because God has included them from the very beginning. And so it was always to be, it is not Jews and Gentiles. It is now Christians. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes a while for people to see that. I mean, we struggle with that, you know, even today. Yeah. But we come from different places and we do different things. But we're all united in Christ. And when we can see that, we have the love and the care for each other. Now we are operating in the way that certainly God has designed us to operate. I love verse 16 where he just simply says, Be of the same mind toward one another. And do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. And that's just such a profound statement in so many ways. And I mean, just the application just from that passage alone could, could take another 30 minutes of discussion in and of itself. But that, that mindset is something that, again, because of the society that we live in, I think is very counterintuitive in a lot of ways and how we, how we train ourselves but that really is is summarizing the mind and the attitude that a Christian t- should have towards one another, that we should be humble in our interactions, that we should be unified as brothers and sisters in Christ, and that, that we need to, to keep our minds focused on what's important. Yeah. And I think that is, is a, a challenge that we all face in, in our lives because we can get distracted and, and pulled in so many different directions. And the things that we end up spending the majority of our time thinking about at the end of the day aren't really that important. But we need to stay focused on what really is important. We need to stay focused on godly things, on spiritual things. And that unity and the bond that we have with one another is just going to grow stronger and stronger if we approach each day with that mindset. Yeah, I mean, and he, what, what he really does towards the end of this chapter is he, he takes that kind of mindset that he's built at the beginning of the chapter, I think, in our relationship that we have with other Christians to just the generalized relation, you mm-hmm. know, relationship we should have with the world. I mean, society in general, all of the people that we're around is is affected in, because of our relationship with God, is affected by the way that we're thinking about things, mm-hmm. on the way that our mind is set. That the things of this world aren't that important. Mm-hmm. So even people who ridicule us or even people who, you know, persecute us or, or give us problems, we, we look at that differently because our focus isn't on the things here. Our focus is on God and his things. And when mm-hmm. we're starting to think about, you know, in those ways, that, that's why you can have verses like 17, you know, repay no one evil for evil, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. You know, the, our culture certainly is struggling with that. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. you know, of having, you know, now it's not a benefit of the doubt. It is every time someone speaks, it is, we're immediately thinking the most terrible thing about that. Mm -hmm. That's not what we see here in Romans chapter 12. It it is, you're you're taking notice of the good in in all things, because that's that's what our mind is. And so when we're starting to think about that in society, that's how, and we'll, we'll get into it in the next uh, study in Romans 13, but, you know, that's going to have an impact on the way we look at our government and the mm-hmm. way we look at, you know, the people around us is if we have this level of understanding and certainly God's role in all mm-hmm. of that. And that's ultimately how the, the book is going or the chapter is going to conclude. I think if we're going to repay no one evil for evil and if we're going to live peaceably with all men if we're going to to treat those who ridicule us with love and respect the reason that that's easier for a christian i won't say it's easy but the reason that's easier for a christian is because of what he says in verse number 19 and i actually like how the new american standard words it it says but leave room for the wrath of god mm-hmm. i think if when we understand that hey listen Evil is going to get its due in time. God is going to deal with that. He's the judge. We need to leave room for his wrath. It's not our responsibility to punish that. It's our responsibility to live peaceably with all men. It's our responsibility to show love. It's our responsibility to remain humble. And allow God to deal with that in his time and in his way. When we really understand that, that helps us in those situations to not repay evil with evil, to take a step back and recognize, listen, I don't have to deal with this because God's going to. They're, they're not going to get away scotch-free because God's going to deal with it. Right. I need to leave room for that. It's not my place. It's not my responsibility. It's my responsibility to do everything we've been talking about in this chapter. That, that mindset makes those interactions with those who wish us harm or who would ridicule us a lot easier in, in our everyday lives. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes care of that, you know, mindset that we have, whether it's, uh, you know, not fair, you know, that we're, we love to scream those things, you know, this isn't fair, or we love, listen, he, he's not behaving himself, he's not doing the right thing. Well, that, that's, not, that's not what this chapter is about. I mean, that's right. what you have even, you know, in verse 17, where you have that, uh, you know, repay no one evil for evil, have regard for good things, verse 18, uh, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And so it almost goes back to the very beginning of the chapter that there is, a, there is that sober focus on myself. Mm-hmm. I cannot make choices for the people around me. I mean, I can't do it. Yeah. If they're going to treat me poorly, that's a decision that they're making on, you know, now whether it's, it may not be fair, they may not be behaving themselves, but guess what? I, I can be fair. Mm-hmm. I can behave myself. I have the power to make choices for myself. And ultimately, that's, that's where we need to be. And instead of playing the, it's not fair, I'm doing everything right, they're doing everything wrong, Mm -hmm. well, let's be reminded, listen, God's, he's taking notice of all of those things. I I don't have to be the one to even point those things out. I don't have Mm -hmm. to be the one that even in my prayers, you know, that say, Lord, I I don't know if you took notice today, (laughs) but I was doing everything right, but, you know, so-and-so, he really treated me poorly. Mm -hmm. No, we we don't have to point those things out. And I think that goes to... The mindset, we don't have to think about those things. We don't have to consider those things. I just have to consider what I'm doing and the choices that I'm making and the love that I am broadcasting out. 
I don't have to worry about from their other end. They, they've got to worry about mm-hmm. that. God, he's going to take care of those things. Now, it's a tough thing to get to sometimes, but that, that's the high level of thinking and mindset mm-hmm. that, or maybe focus is a better yeah. word, the yeah. high level of focus that we certainly got to get ourselves to. We'll go ahead and wrap things up there. Our time's about out, so we're going to go ahead and, and stop there. Hopefully this has been a, a good study for you. And this, Romans chapter 12 is a, a chapter that could probably, again, we could spend a lot more time uh, talking through some of the principles and application from this chapter. So hopefully it's given you some things to think about uh, so that you can continue on in your own studies. We want to thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to to study along with us. If you're ever in the area and looking for a place to worship, we'd love to have you come and visit us. We meet at the corner of 82nd and Lafayette Road on the northwest side of Indianapolis. We meet at 9 a.m. for Bible classes on Sunday mornings, followed by worship at 10 a.m. and then again at 6 p.m. on Sunday evenings. We also have a midweek Bible study at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. So please come and join us any opportunity that you might have. If you can't join us in person, we do live stream our services at traderspointchurch.org. So you could follow along there. And we try and link that to our Facebook page as well. So please take advantage of that if you can. And then lastly, before we stop, uh, this, this radio program is also available via podcast. And so if that's something that you're interested in and being able to listen to the, some of these things throughout the day, uh, head on over, over to Apple Podcasts and search uh, Traders Point Church of Christ or Truth Talk. And we'd love for you to subscribe to that and follow along with us there as well. So thank you for your time this morning. We'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Truth Talk with John Morgan of the Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. You can hear Truth Talk every Sunday at 10 a.m. right here on 98.9 FM WYRZ.